Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the major as well. Your one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Welcome back, Majors. I hope you are well, and I hope you are safe. Now, I did an episode last summer about divination that went down really well, so I thought I'd revisit it, and this time look into more types and forms of divination, and especially the weird and wonderful. You don't have to have listened to the first one, but it definitely helps set the scene. The main thing you need to know from that show is that the word mancy as in necromancy, hydromancy, pyromancy, geomancy, aromancy. Mancy comes from the Greek mantea, which basically means prophet or uncovering hidden knowledge. Basically, when you see mancy, it's usually to do with divination of some sort. The future is a doorway cloaked in shadows. To some, it brings curiosity, mystery and intrigue. To others, it marks fear and anxiety. To know the future is to know one's fate. Alexander the Great received many predictions that foretold his death. An old advisor to escape the pain of aging took his own life. But before he did, he told Alexander that he would see him again in Babylon. As Alexander entered Babylon, the place that would come to witness his demise, ravens fell dead at his feet. And when leaving his throne, finished for the day, prisoner escaped. Claiming that the gods had told him to do it, he climbed onto Alexander's throne and wore his crown and mantle. It was seen as a sign that someone else would soon be taking the throne of Babylon. Another unfavorable sign appeared when a sacrificed animal was missing a part of its liver. Alexander became haunted by his future and ultimately died in circumstances that we're still not sure about. Divination is a sword that cuts both ways and can easily turn people into prey. 
haunted by predictions and omens. But still we're tempted to discover our path. Something humans have been trying to achieve since they emerged from time's primordial waters. The ancient Mesopotamians didn't believe that the future was fixed. They thought their gods came together and decided the fate of humans and the world. The decisions that they reached were passed to mortals via omens and signs. Action inspired by these omens, as well as rituals, could be taken to bring the omen's prediction into existence, or to avert it. This is the view that I hold and how I read for my tarot clients. Every culture, every society, every community has got its own systems and techniques for divining the future. I want to look into these techniques today, as there are many weird and wonderful ones. To kick off with, let's look at Molybdomancy. Molybdo comes from the Greek molybdos, meaning lead. Practitioners drop molten lead or tin into cold water and interpret the shape of the solidified or coagulated metal. Some also interpret the hissing sound as the metal touches the water. Another way is holding the metal in candlelight and seeing what shadows it casts. This practice is thought to originate from smithing, working with metals, as these people were considered to be highly magical. It's similar to ceramancy, the reading of wax. Now, ceramancy actually derived from molybdomancy. It's way older. Wax was far more expensive than scrap metal. Now, wax is obviously easier and safer to work with, but there are advantages to working with metals. I mentioned earlier that the metals most commonly used are tin or lead, as they have low melting points. But tin is associated with Jupiter, which is based around these ideas of expansion and good fortune whereas lead is relating to Saturn, which has quite heavy and dark connotations. These ideas can definitely be added into the reading to give more subtle nuances. Now, the metal can be random chunks of metal that can be melted, or they can have shape, which further gives meaning around what you want to read into. For example, if you wanted to receive messages about your love life, the metal may be shaped into a heart figurine, or a pharmacist's cross if you wanted to focus on your health, it's that kind of idea. This is quite a popular practice today, and it's practiced typically on the new year in Scandinavia, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Turkey, and other countries around Europe as well as some around the world. You can actually buy kits online to do it, but be careful, because it was found that some people actually develop lead poisoning from this. So make sure that the kit you buy isn't lead, or if you do choose to work with lead for its Saturn properties, please be careful. Some examples of interpretations according to German practitioners would be a ball, symbolising good luck rolling towards you. Swords would signify courage, and a chalice would mean good fortune, to name a few. Maybe you could practice for Lohodomancy this Valentine's, divination with rose petals, Coming from ancient Greece, people would place a rose leaf or a petal in the palm of their hand. Then they would clap. Depending on how loud and crisp the clap was, the more potent the sign of a good omen. This form of divination was overseen by Aphrodite, and it was often used for learning the future of romantic endeavours. You may have practiced a form of this when you were a child by pulling off petals, and with each one saying that they love me or they love me not. Whichever statement was said with the last petal divined the answer. 
Alternative methods involve having three roses, labelling one yes, another no, and the third maybe, and placing them in a vase without water. Whichever one lasts the longest has your answer. Another version, filling a basin with water or rose water, I'd combine the two, and then place three leaves from the rose on the water. These leaves represent three love interests. If you have three to choose from, well done. Whatever leaf floats the longest denotes the person you assign the leaf as to being the most successful. The Hittites had a collection of omens which are thought to be heavily borrowed from Mesopotamia. One of the more notable ones was the favourable months on which a child could be born. Out of the eight months that were recorded, only two of them marked good omens, the rest were negative. Which a lot of people have thought strange, but I'm wondering if the high infant mortality rate had something to do with this. And essentially, we're looking at the positive to negative ratio of the birth months as a reflection of the likelihood of survival for that child. Rhapsodomancy is a form of bibliomancy, the reading of books for fortune telling. Rhapsodomancy comes from the Greek rhapsodos, meaning someone who recites epic poems, and it was particularly the Homeric odes. Essentially, it's looking at poetry to read the future. A poetry book is opened, and the first verse that I glances over is relevant to the question asked. The most famous books used for prediction were the I Ching and the Sibylline books. The I Ching, translating to Book of Changes, is an ancient Chinese book written around 800 BCE. It's one of the oldest books and forms of divination. Binary code, which plays a huge role in every computer, smartphone and device, is a series of zeros and ones, and essentially built of virtual reality. It was invented by a man called Gottfried Wilhelm von Leibniz, who was a philosopher in the 1600s. Gottfried found his inspiration for this code by reading the I Ching and the system that it uses, though the I Ching system is far more advanced than binary code. The Sibylline books were a collection of Sibylline prophecies. Now, you might remember from the first divination episode that the Sibyls were priestesses, who channeled the voice of a chosen god and distributed prophecies. These books were eventually burned, but they were used as an early form of bibliomancy. That being said, you couldn't really call them books, it was more of a collection of thin pieces of wood. Now, a modern take of bibliomancy and rhapsodomancy is shufflemancy. You may have guessed it already, but it's putting a list of songs on shuffle and receiving a message, either within the lyrics of the song or just by the song title. It's quite easy, and it's beginner-friendly. Radiomancy, similar. It's just through a radio. Technically, this one hasn't happened to me. It's not been through a radio, but I have been thinking about certain things and randomly I've overheard some music that has had some particular relevance to me. There's some really good interpretations and some that could be applied to shufflemancy as well. Hearing a song in another language that you don't speak could be calling for you to diversify your approach. A song from your childhood might be calling for you to look at something with a childlike perspective. Silence could mean that you're not ready to hear it, while static could be a literal interference within your life regarding that which you seek clarity over. Daphnomancy. Now, this next one has its etymology within Greek myth. Apollo claimed that Eros was useless and wasn't important as he resided over love. For revenge, Eros shot an arrow at Apollo and one made of lead at the neared Daphne. Apollo fell madly in love with her. She had taken a vow of chastity. 
and as she had been struck by a lead arrow, she could refuse Apollo's advances where others hadn't been able to. Apollo was trying it on, but Daphne wasn't having any of it. Apollo told her that he would love her forever. Now, she wasn't pleased with this, she wanted to escape his advances. She wasn't there to deal with forever. So she turned to the river god, Peneus, whose first response was to turn her into a bay laurel tree. I don't quite know how to take that, but there we go. Apollo, in his grief, turned the tree into an evergreen and made the leaves sacred to him. Therefore, Daphnomancy is to predict the future with bay leaves. Now, the leaves are burnt. If the flames crackle and burn bright, it's a good sign. If they sputter and die, it's not good news. If they violently burn, however, that is a very potent sign. Margaritomancy. It is not divination by drinking margaritas. Sorry. Margarito comes from the Latin margarita, meaning pearls. In the form of telling the future, it's casting pearls within a special area or watching how they reacted to heat. Now this second method, this was favoured for discovering criminals. The pearl was placed in a cast iron pot and heated while the list of suspects names were read out. The name that the pearl moved in the pot to was deemed the criminal. Why a pearl? Well, in ancient times, a pearl had the unique quality of being the only gemstone created by a living creature. Because of this, it was believed to contain the essence of life, and therefore aid in predicting human affairs. Umbromancy is using shadows to predict the future. It's difficult to only focus on the shadows, but once done, messages can come through in the form of shapes and symbols. Walking through the forest on a bright, clear day, when the light is dappled, would be a great way to start it. Umbra is the Latin word for shadow. I should also say that a lot of people consider this to be working with the devil and having control over darkness and shadows. Obviously, this is a form of divination and has nothing to do with that. Deriving from the Greek kresmos, meaning utterance, we have kresmomancy. It's the ancient form of divining through listening to the words of someone who is mentally disturbed or mentally ill. This form was particularly used by the Oracle of Delphi. The priestess would enter a frenzied state, thought to be aided by gases emanating from the earth, and her words would be interpreted. Other forms involved listening to other languages and magical sounds. Oniromancy is based on dreaming and predicting the future of dreams. Different cultures throughout the world have assigned various meanings for the scenarios played out in dreams. The first recorded dream in history takes place in the Sumerian epic poem of Gilgamesh, written around 2100 BCE. Prophetic dreams played a huge role throughout Mesopotamian history, and royalty paid special attention to them. They even believed that dreams were portals into other worlds. Generally, good dreams were sent by the gods, whilst bad ones were sent by demons. Black Elk, the holy medicine man of the Lakota So, said a dream is worthless unless it is shared with the tribe. Now, Julius Caesar's wife, Calpurnia, famously predicted that something awful was going to happen to Julius. When she shared this information with him, he ignored her warnings, and we all know where that ended up. Similarly, Abraham Lincoln, two weeks before he was killed, dreamt he would be shot dead. Hecuba, the Queen of Troy, dreamt she gave birth to a burning torch. A seer told her that her son would cause the fall of Troy. Her son was Paris, whose actions triggered the Trojan War. Some of the greatest scientific discoveries in the world are down to dreams. 
Niels Bohr discovered the structure of the atom through a dream. He later proved it in a lab and his findings rocked the scientific world and won him a Nobel Prize. Albert Einstein credited his understanding of the speed of light to a dream. In fact, an entire book is dedicated to Einstein's reported dreams and how they influenced his breakthroughs. Srinivasa Ramanujan proved over 3,000 mathematical theorems. A lot of his insights came from dreams. There are numerous examples of breakthroughs that happened due to dreaming. Is this simply a case of the subconscious providing answers in dreams to problems faced in waking life? Or is there an element of divine inspiration and interference? Are these two things blended? I'll let you decide. Certain herbs can be used to strengthen the chances of prophetic dreaming. Check out the Dark Moon episode. Under a dark moon, it is generally a great time for any divination practice, but especially with dreaming, as this moon phase encourages it. You could also invoke the Greek god of dreaming, Morpheus, the son of Nyx, the goddess of night, and Hypnos, the god of sleep. This is where the word Oniromancy comes from. The Oniri refers to Morpheus and his brothers Phobecta, who brings nightmares and is responsible for creating animals and dreams, and Phantasos, who brings strange dreams and is responsible for creating objects in people's dreams. Morpheus generally protects against bad dreams, but more commonly he gives prophetic dreams and creates or mimics people within a person's dream. Morpheus slept in a cave filled of poppy seeds while shaping mortal dreams, and morphine actually takes its name from him due to the dreamlike state it produces in takers, and it also tips the hat to his connection with poppy seeds. The Oniri were seen as the messengers of the gods, and were depicted with having white wings, hinting to this idea of the paganistic origins of angels. I've put together an episode called Invoking Morpheus for Prophetic Dreaming over on my Patreon, and uploaded it in a document form as well, so you can print it off for a ritual. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path, and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors Well community, as well as being in the communal sugarpot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. The poem this week is called Prophecy by Dana Joya. Sometimes a child will stare out of a window for a moment or an hour, deciphering the future from a dusky summer sky. Does he imagine that some wisp of cloud reveals the signature of things to come, or that the world's a book we learn to translate. And sometimes a girl stands naked by a mirror, imagining beauty in a stranger's eye, finding a place where fear leads to desire. For what is prophecy but the first inkling of what we ourselves must call into being? The call need not be large, no voice in thunder. It's not so much what's spoken as what's heard, and recognised, of course, 
The gift is listening and hearing what is only meant for you. Life has its mysteries, its annunciations, and some must wear a crown of thorns. I find my Via Dolorosa in your love. And sometimes we proceed by prophecy, or not at all, even if only to know what destiny requires us to renounce. O Lord of indirection and ellipses, ignore our prayers, deliver us from distraction, slow our heartbeat to a cricket's call. In the green torpor of the afternoon, bless us with ennui and quietude, and grant us only what we fear, so that underneath the murmur of the wasp, we hear the dry grass bending in the wind, and the spider's silken whisper from its web. Peace out, witches. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 